Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll look at what may be considered a successor to the famous freehand graphics software. We'll also hear from Adrian Hoppel, the guy who writes the Law and Apple column for MacLife magazine, and John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. All this and much, much more this week on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Joining us on the Tech Night Out Live this week is Alexander Adam from a company called Casado. And we'll let you know what that's all about and a specific venture in which they're engaged where they're trying to build a brand new graphic and layout application. And you'll learn more about that in a moment. Alexander, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Well, first of all, let's go back through history because it all started with a program called Freehand that had kind of a long checkered history eventually ended up in Macromedia's hands, and then when Macromedia was bought out by Adobe, Adobe took it over and did nothing with it. Why do we care about freehand? I think um, a lot of people are caring about freehand even today because first there are a lot of files left over because, you know, the latest Adobe Illustrator doesn't even import anymore. Freehand had always had its own kind of spirit. It was a tool that has layouting, it allowed you to design logos and practically do everything with it very, very easily. It has have its own spirit. Now, when you say it has its own spirit, can you give me maybe a couple of areas where freehand was unique compared to Illustrator? Oh, definitely. I mean, just imagine creating a round rectangle. It's such an easy task for a designer, you know. But in Illustrator, it, it treats you to, to figure around with paths and round each, ed its, each edge and everything. And in freehand, it did things very simply. It allowed you to create a rectangle, select it, and round your edges. And things go on and on. And you had have multiple pages. You had good text layouting features. It was so, so easy even for beginners to use it and create great results. Now, this is really interesting here just to point that out. With freehand, you can create easily create multi-page documents, but with Illustrator, they kind of did it in a very awkward fashion. Right, right. They didn't figure it until today how to create multiple pages. It seems like Adobe tried to create a new product called InDesign to solve that problem Illustrator always did have. Of course, InDesign, to me, it's the successor of PageMaker. It's not an illustration program. It's a design page layout program. If you want to do the really intricate designs, you still have to go back to a real graphics program. Exactly. And I see, um, I think the biggest trouble is most designers don't need extended layouting features like you do have with InDesign, but they need the, the absolute possibilities to create multiple pages easily and having master pages and all these things. Okay, so basically, we saw the latest versions of Freehand had some measure of traditional page layout capabilities. When Adobe bought Freehand, and it was part of the package in which they acquired Flash, which I guess was their main goal, was to right. take Flash. They didn't care about Freehand, they cared about buying Flash, right? Exactly. And, you know, the funny thing is, back to our history, we've been developing the Renesis player. It was an SVG player, and, you know, SVG was the alternative to Flash back in 2001. 
We even had um, some contact with Adobe back in those times that they wanted to buy our technology, you know, to have an alternative to Flash. So, so it's pretty funny that from history we're back in the same roots and again trying to fight more or less against Adobe. Well, when you're a big company, of course, you can control a market in a way that smaller companies can't. But okay, so they bought Macromedia. Freehand was part of the package and basically it languished. Right. Went nowhere. Adobe lets Freehand die on the vine. Yeah. It became rendered in maintenance mode, finally totally discontinued. But today, Illustrator cannot open Freehand files? Nope, it cannot do it even more in CS6. So they basically abandoned customers. Was there any way in freehand to export the files in a way that Illustrator could open them, export to Illustrator? They could do that, right? Yeah, you could do that, but it didn't make many sense, you know, because all the unique features from freehand, like multiple styles on objects and things like that, had not been exported probably. Sure, you can export it, but it's not better than having a raster image at the end. It was getting basically the skeleton, but not the flesh. Exactly. See, I came up with a good phrase there. Why don't you just put that in your ad literature? I'm serious. Let's get back to it. Then there came an organization called FreeFreehand.org, and their goal was to either persuade Adobe to continue freehand or release it open source it, sell it, or something like that. It was only partly successful, right? Right. I mean, in my opinion, it hasn't been even successful, but it's not the, the fault of free freehand, but it's just because Adobe rules the market. It's a big player, and all they had have is a discount of 200 bucks buying Adobe products, which even cannot import freehand files anymore. So I'm not sure if I would want to switch to a product that cannot import my files anymore. So basically, the settlement was this. They would give people from the free freehand organization a discount coupon. This is kind of like class action lawsuits in the USA, where somebody gets a lawyer to sue on behalf of a class, a group of people. They sue a company for some real or imagined ill. At the end of the day, the lawyers get paid off, they always do, but the customers get maybe a few dollars in a rebate or a discount coupon, that's it. Yes. So basically all this was for naught? Was it a waste of time to have freefreehand.org? Or was it at least someone trying to make a difference? I don't think it was a waste. I think it's it's a great thing that a group of people finds together, I mean, that had been about 6,000 people supporting this and trying to sue a big player that does what he wants. I think it's the same like with this project. We have a huge support from those people, and this is the way to go if you really want to avoid having one player controlling the market. So absolutely, it was no waste at the end. We get the discount coupon. That's free, freehand.org. But then you people get in the picture, and you start out with a project which you call Expressive, but you change the name. Right. We had to do it because, you know, we, have, we had to have the trademarks in Germany, and um, it was just too close to Microsoft Expression, and, you know, you get sued very soon. <laughs> so we had to change, finally. Okay, it's kind of like what Microsoft faced with Windows 8. They had this user interface called Metro. Mm-hmm. But as you people in Germany know, there is a chain, it's a supermarket chain, right, called Metro? Yeah, right. There's no difference between a supermarket and an operating system, but so what? Okay, of course not. We'll confuse a supermarket with an operating system. I want Metro, they think they want, you want to buy a bag of groceries or some potatoes or some potato conditions. You want to buy yeah. some bratwurst or something. <laughs> Instead <laughs> of, of buying an application or an operating system. We understand it's confusing. So they called it the Metro UI. So you changed the name. You couldn't call it Expressive, so you called it what? We call it Stage Stack right now. 
but we will change again um, because people uh, or native English people complained about it being a thunk breaker. And I can understand it. I said it myself hundred times, and I'm sure it's not a perfect name. Just tell me, and this is, you know, just for the sake of a silly question. How do you say stage stack in German? Uh, stage stack. Okay. So there's no other way around. It's more or less English, but... <laughs> there's no <laughs> German never... equivalent. So it's stage stack. And understand, I'm a professional. Some people may disagree with me. I'm a professional broadcaster. So I have to learn how to tongue my twist or twist my tongue and all that stuff. So I could say stage stack. See, I can't say. I could say stage stack five times fast and maybe get four out of five right. But a regular person, it's not a name that falls smoothly from the tongue, stage stack. So you're looking for another name. Right. I mean, we could have made a challenge in saying it five times, but, you know, we found another name. We had a marketing agency finding another name for us that is free, you know, trademark free, domain free and everything around. And no one can sue us for, for that name. Uh, but it's a reason we cannot publish it yet. So it will be uh, announced in the public in the next two or three months when we finally got the trademarks for it. So then it, it will be the application formerly known as StageStack. Okay, right. we have Alexander Adam. We're talking about, shall we say, freehand reimagined what it's all about for graphic artists and more. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SCENE1, S-E-E-N number one, SCENE1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. 1-866-277-3366. The code Scene 1 to save 10%. Good day. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources. September 21st, 2012. Gold opens this morning at 1774.30. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for $1817.95, $908.97 for a half ounce, or $454.49 for a quarter ounce. That's $1817.95, $908.97, and $454.49. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. George Washington said, Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force, like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. 
America's government is no longer the servant of the people and the protector of our liberty, but has become that fearful master. We the people must understand the nature of this government gone awry if we are to be successful in saving our country. America is being deliberately destroyed by a cabal of international gangsters so that she can be forced into subjugation to a one-world government. The God-given, unalienable rights of the Declaration of Independence are in jeopardy. We must not let them be stolen by ambitious and evil men. Utopia Silver Supplements believes it is our God-given right to make our own health care decisions however we deem best. If we can help you with your supplement needs and better health, then help us win this health freedom battle. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. Again, 888-213-4338. If you like cow's milk, you'll love camel milk. Yes, the newest, oldest thing in the world. Camel milk has sustained civilizations for thousands of years. Here's just one user's testimonial. My lime-stricken boy developed severe allergies to nearly every food he ingested. At first, I was scared to death to try camel milk, but he had no allergic reactions of any kind, nothing. The camel milk was wondrous in healing his GI issues, and it's the one thing I can attribute to his getting out of bed after almost a year spent there, too ill to do anything. Camel milk is loaded with health benefits, far superior to other milk, is rich in B vitamins, and three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk, ten times higher in iron. Camel milk comes fresher frozen from your trusted local family farm. Humpback Dairies of Miller, Missouri. To order, call this number, 1-417-848-7570. That's 1-417-848-7570. Call 1-417-848-7570 for camel milk, the best-kept health secret ever. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. This segment is brought to you by Crush FTP. Now, Crush FTP is what they call an FTP file server, and it runs great on Macs, including Mountain Lion, on Windows. Also, it runs on Linux, and you run your own file server. You can run it in the cloud or host it on your computer. And this way, it lets your customers drag and drop the files they need to upload or retrieve from a web client. So if they're using Internet Explorer on Windows, Safari, or Chrome on the Mac, whatever, they can use drag and drop to upload files, multiple files. Prices start at $40. Go to crushftp.com crushftp.com We have Alexander Adam from a company called Casado and they're developing an application called StageStack which they regard as the reinvention of Macromedia Freehand and as he says, there's going to be a better name one that falls more smoothly from the tongue than StageStack Alexander, tell us about the concept of StageStack How is it influenced by Freehand? Well, we are not trying to clone Freehand because, you know, freehand originated from the print media. And nowadays you have, uh, besides print, you have a lot of other things to do, like web design, mobile design, and things like that. But we think freehand always had have a specific kind of spirit. It's easiness. It did things very easy for the designer to reach his goals. And that's exactly the way we want to go. We want to reach a great user experience that will remember you in freehand. And, of course, you will try to open freehand files after all. Now, that's a good question, opening freehand files. I would be willing to bet, and I'm sure you won't disagree, 
that Adobe would not, under any circumstances, give you the license to use the freehand file format, right? Yeah, you bet they won't. And we tried hard. We even got in touch with the founders, James von Ayr, who has originally invented freehand, you know, and I tried to get in contact with every person possible to get some information about the file format, and there's absolutely no chance. So if you read freehand files, you have to, as they say, reverse engineer. You have to do it in an unofficial way. That's the only possibility you can do. But by the way, in Germany, it's officially allowed. So, And as we're a German company, it's not a problem at all. Will it present a problem, say, in the U.S., though? I don't think so, because we had some talks with our lawyers, and they said even for the U.S., the, 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 the rule should be the same, that reverse engineering, if you need to be compatible with a program that no longer exists, should be allowed legally. And you don't think Adobe will come after you? Uh, I think they will, but I think Adobe will start coming after us if we have enough uses and enough popularity. And honestly, if we're reaching that goal, well, there's no other way to fight against it. Well, the other problem is in something like that. They say in show business, it doesn't matter what they say about you as long as they spell your name correctly. Exactly. That's why we have to rename, by the way. Okay, stage stack. Tell us about the feature set. Does it mirror kind of what was already in freehand? What? Yes, it does mirror almost 90% of the features we we know from the good old freehand. Plus, it does introduce additional features like, for example, specific features for web design, responsive design, CSS3 export, mobile testing so you can test whether your buttons for example behave correctly we will have animations so there will be a lot of additional stuff what about traditional page layout will you be able to do what you did in freehand which is create multi-page documents like booklets and stuff like that and brochures oh absolutely this is already working nowadays now the interface is it going to look kind of sort of like freehand or what kind of sort of like it will be as easy as freehand it will mimic its behaviors in some aspects um, it will try to make life easy for the user and not block him but it will get its own unique design because you know freehand is a bit it's not most modern it needs a little bit of uh, reskinning you know well, the last freehand was made what in the early 2000s yeah i think so 2002 or 2003 Okay, so unlike, say, in the Windows platform where almost half the people are using Windows XP, which is 2001, in the real world we can't expect that to continue. So you're going to modernize the interface. Are you thinking in terms here, Alexander, of thinking what would Adobe or Macromedia have done with freehand had they kept up development? Is this what you think it would have become? Yes, it's it's part of it. And we think we are thinking on two ways. We are taking uh, most modern software and how they look like and how they work. And we also think about what would be freehand if it would have been developed until today. Okay, so what about unique features? Tell me something that StageStack can do that is just going to wow me. And I'm someone who did use freehand over the years. Well, what we will do is we will have a much better performance considering large documents. We will have a more beautiful interface. And we will be able to, um, like I said, you can have your documents running at the end. That means you can apply multiple states. Um, We will have a lot more styles, for example. We can round paths and things like that we will have a heavily improved path tool yeah and animations of course now traditional tools like text handling how's that going to be are you going to try to add more page layout capabilities or is that so passe it doesn't matter 
I think it matters a lot because you can, even for the web, you can create beautiful graphics and having good text layout and features. And there's nothing more horrible for me personally if you have bad text layouting, honestly. So we will care a lot about, we even introduced a new paste inside feature. So, you know, one of those famous uh, features freehand always had have in pasting inside an object. You can now paste text inside an object and it would automatically align to the layout of the path. So something with a circle is easy, something that's even more complicated is easy. Right, you can even lay out text within text, so that's, that's pretty funny. So you're talking about something here that is not just an illustration program, but something that might have the power of, say, a Quark Express or an InDesign. Exactly. That's the way we want to go. We want to have very versatile tool like Freehand was, but we need to empower it with more features like, you know, Illustrator and InDesign have been developed since seven more years. So you've got one big task because you look at Quark and you look at Adobe, they've got, what, hundreds of programmers working Mm -hmm. on all these applications. How big a staff do you have working on StageStack? We have actively seven people working on it. I think those are one of the smartest guys on the world, so... I think we can make it. So you're all based in Germany or around the world? All around the world. Partisan and in Ukraine, some is in Germany, some in the U.S., some in Great Britain, everywhere. Before we get into more of the features of StageStack, Casado, what else do you do? We originated from being a web startup. That means we do a lot of business applications for our customers. We have the second largest business application customer in Germany after SAP. And we're actually converting traditional desktop applications to the web. So that's our main focus on a company. And with that money we earn, we do actually fund this project. Of course, these days it's not just OS 10 and Windows anymore. It is the iOS. It is Android. It is Windows Phone. So how do you work in this environment where these days more people are buying like iPads than almost any other product on the planet when it comes to a mobile computer other than, of course, the smartphones? Once again, this portion of the Tech Night Out Live was brought to you by Crush FTP. Run your own FTP server on your own computer or run it in the cloud on a hosted virtual machine. Learn more at crushftp.com, crushftp.com. We are talking to Alexander Adams. More upcoming on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. 
He paid his way through college as a handyman, growing that small business into the largest construction company in the state with a thousand employees and a reputation for ethical behavior. During his two terms as governor, he did what people in office rarely do. He kept his word. He vetoed wasteful spending 750 times, cut taxes 14 times. He left the people of his state with hundreds of miles of new highways, new schools and bridges, improved state services, a balanced budget, and a billion-dollar surplus. He's fiscally conservative and socially cool. His name is Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson can fix the America the two-party system has broken. He's a handyman. My name is Gary Johnson. Be libertarian with me for one election. Live free. Gary Johnson, libertarian for president. I'm Gary Johnson, and I approve this message. Paid for by Gary Johnson 2012. If you're considering a water filter, have you heard about Aquapail? Aquapail from FreezeDryGuy.com has huge advantages over many other water filters. American-made Aquapail units are designed and engineered to not just filter contaminated water, but capture or kill all bacteria and viruses to non-detectable levels. Aquapail has the fastest flow rate of any other water filter on the market, filtering a gallon of contaminated water in about five minutes. That's water when you need it. Now, get the world's fastest, safest, and most most reliable gravity-fed portable water treatment system for surface, well, and wastewater sources. Aquapail. Available in four sizes starting at only $100. In all orders to the lower 48, ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Alexander Adam joining us. He's with a company called Casado, and they do a lot of web app work. But the big project on the table right now is StageStack, and it's going to be renamed. But StageStack is designed to be, as they say, the reinvention of macromedia freehand. So we have an application that's languished there for, what, 11 years or so? Adobe bought macromedia. They never did anything with freehand. They let it die on the vine. 
So, in some extent, Adobe bought a company to kill the competitor, which, of course, is the way it happens sometimes in the business. So now Alexander and his crew are trying to rebuild it. But now we have a more complicated situation than we had before because we have not just OS X and Windows, we have the mobile operating systems. How do you deal with all that? Um, actually, we are planning on having an iPad and an Android version as well. Uh, we are already prepared and we can compile for iOS, for example. And we think the mobile, especially um, having tablets, the market is getting more and more important. And this is, see, this is one section Adobe is not very good at. They are not very good at mobile applications. This is because they have a code base that's pretty much old and it will take them a long time to get on a tablet with their full feature set. And that's where we see our biggest chance to get on a mobile market right from the beginning. Now, just to be clarifying this issue, Adobe does have kind of a feature-limited version of Photoshop, possibly a couple of versions with add-ons for the iPad and the iPhone, but as you say, very, very feature-limited. Mm-hmm. So you're expecting then to offer almost the equivalent of a desktop graphics application on a mobile device is that possible yes we um we are focused on converting 100 percent of the application to the tablet but we will completely change the user interface for tablets so you know touch uh, screens and everything like that but we think that's possible and we can already compile and run our application on the ipad the problem is of course the performance is not yet there where you want it to be and also we have to remember that as things goes on, the iPad's going to become more powerful. I've read some Geekbench measurements of the iPhone 5. And the iPhone 5 today is roughly the equivalent of a Power Mac in 2004 and 2005. And you think, that doesn't sound like anything very good. Yeah, but just look at the Power Mac, say, G5 in 2005. This big, monstrous beast. And all that is whittled down to a tiny mobile device that weighs a few ounces. So there's going to be a point in a couple of years where mobile computers will match much more substantial desktop computers. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that myself. You know, I'm, I still can believe I, had, I still have an iPhone 4G, and I still can believe how much power it does have. You know, I have a, a few old computers and they have less power than my iPhone. But this is exactly the reason why I think it's pretty realistic to have, you know, when we'll have an iPad 4, I mean, next year or next next year after that, um, it will be powerful enough to power an application like Stage Deck. Okay, so the iPad 4, of course, is probably going to have the A6 processor run faster than today's iPhone 5, so maybe it will be close to the entry-level Intel max of 2006 you never know you never know where apple's going to take it okay let's take a look at the other issue of course with adobe and this has always been the problem with adobe adobe has always been late to the table in supporting specific os features because they have this central code base that's designed to produce a windows app and a mac app so today we have os 10 lion and mountain lion and adobe doesn't support those features they don't know when they're going to happen because they have to support both operating systems so you get less perfect support but what about windows 8 is that in the cards too is there a way to make this thing access all the features of windows 8 yeah absolutely um we are programming you we are using a cross-platform library for most of the stuff 
But we have two developers taking care about um, operating system-specific things. And we already had have a look at Windows 8 with its Metro. Uh, Metro, I'm sorry, you may not say it anymore. What I do is I call it the interface formerly known as Metro. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Or so moder- they- I think Microsoft's official term for it is modern UI. But, okay, you're looking at Windows 8 trying to provide support. Now, when do you think you're going to have a first official version for sale? We are planning for having a beta in March next year, and the first official version for sale should come about two months later. So at least summer next year, we should have an official version available. Okay. Do you have a price yet? Is it going to be something similar to what Illustrator is now or what? Um, We don't have a fixed price yet, but it will definitely be a lot cheaper than Illustrator. I assume especially the mobile versions. Exactly. The mobile versions will be pretty cheap. Maybe they will even be free when you have, or they will definitely be free when you have a license on a desktop. So this is something that you have to work out. But right now, it's a matter of raising money for this. You're doing a donation or financing project for this? Right. We're, we've been asked for a lot of, by a lot of people why we are not using Kickstarter for it. And there's a simple reason, because if you don't reach your goal, you don't get any money at all. And we have a pretty good strategy. Um, people are, are baking us every day, and we can work with that money. So we have our own website where you can donate to the project, and you get you know cheaper licenses or starting from a specific sum. You can even get free license for lifetime. So that works out pretty well. Okay, so this is a place where minimum pledge is 25 euro, which is what, about 32 $33, something like that. I'm, my conversion tables in my head don't work very well. So that's the minimum pledge for this kind of thing. Exactly, and for doing that, you get um, 15% off of your first license costs, and I think that's a pretty fair price for 25 bucks. Okay, so if we want to have more information, I'll ask you one or two more questions, but if we want to have more information about StageStack, where do we go? Just go straight to stagestack.com if you can spell it, or you can also visit our website, corsado.com, or our Facebook and Twitter profile. Just seek for Corsado or StageStack. StageStack is those two words together, stage, S-T-A-G-E, stack, S-T-A-C-K. Okay, so if you go to stagestack.com, you'll see what it is. And as I said, if you do pledge and make a donation to the project, they'll give you discounts depending on the amount of money you get. The minimum is 25 euro. It looks like you've gotten pretty far along. So with the expected beta in March of next year, what percentage of StageStack is ready right now in September? Um, We're at about 40% right now. And um, we're getting closer to the the magical 50% mark, which is really key for us. And we're trying to, um, our years ending, you know, trying to fit into the half. So 50% should be done by then. Okay. Of course, with software, we will give you the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, it could be a little longer. It could be a little shorter. Software is always a little difficult to predict, right? Right, that's the advantage we do have in software industry. If we say one month, we mean one year, so, you know. We understand. Now, if you go to stagestack.com, by the way, you have milestones. And milestones tell you how much of the app has been developed, how many features are still being developed. And you can check every few weeks, every few months to see what they're doing and make a decision whether you want to participate. But I think we all appreciate the fact that 
and I'm saying this sight unseen, that someone's trying to bring a new competitive graphics and layout application to Mac OS, OS X, Windows, iOS, Android in 2012. The competition isn't dead yet. Tell our listeners one more time where they can get more information about StageStack. Just go straight to uh, stagestack.com or visit our website at crusader.com or visit on us on Facebook or Twitter. Stagestack.com, and let me tell you again, that's the word stage and stack together, S-T-A-G-E-S-T-A-C-K, to learn more information about the product and about where they're going in finishing the development. Alexander Adam of Casado, thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? We're losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP 
is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Every GCN listener deserves low-cost, high-quality survival and preparation products. Get yours now at CampingSurvival.com. For example, save on the Life Straw personal water filter for only $19.95 or the Water Bob emergency 100-gallon fresh water system, only $24.95. Get one for every bathtub in your home. And Bridgeford Foods, tasty, ready-to-eat MRE sandwiches start at only $2.95 each. CampingSurvival.com is a convenient one-stop shop with over 17 thousand urban wilderness and preparedness items supreme customer service very low shipping and no games we search the web to make sure we have the lowest prices and remember campingsurvival.com is 100 usmc veteran owned do business with the authority on survival since 1956 campingsurvival.com want more savings use coupon code gcn at checkout for a five percent discount campingsurvival.com confidence born of preparation You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Adrian Hoppel is a contributor to MacLife magazine, but most important for his presence on the Tech Night Owl live today, he also writes a regular column called Law and Apple. And that's a subject that has many types of discussions and feelings around it. Some feel Apple's just too much immersed in the legal wrangling, but maybe they have no choice. But what attracted you, Adrian, as someone who's not a lawyer, into covering Apple's legal shenanigans? Hi, Gene. Well, I'm glad to be be here. Um, I started writing for... Mac life and mainly covering news items as they would come up and feature stories. And about a year ago, a little more than that, there was an awful lot of news stories about uh, the legal activities of Apple. And I spoke with the editors there, and they decided there was enough material to kind of put together a weekly piece where we don't have the resources to dedicate to put people inside of courtrooms and things like that, but to just kind of recap from one week to the next, what has gone on in the courtrooms around the world. And that's sort of how everything got born. There's just became so much material regarding Apple and what they're doing in court. Now, up until recently, before all this stuff started, you know, we'd hear stories every so often about Apple being involved in some kind of legal action. Of course, it goes back to the 80s and the lawsuit with Microsoft overlook and feel of the Mac OS and all that thing that was settled back in 1997. Then we looked at, for example, after the iPad came out, with the iPod, there was a lawsuit involving Creative Labs. And Creative Labs sued Apple over infringement of patents. Apple settled and paid them $100 million. Of course, Creative Labs stopped building iPod knockoffs and also started producing accessories for Apple. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. Maybe you... No, or not. The judge who was involved in the Apple-Samsung lawsuit, Judge Lucy Coe, 
before she became a judge, she worked with some prestigious legal firms doing litigation. I had heard that she was a member of the legal team involved in Creative Labs suing Apple. Is that true? That would be interesting. Um, I couldn't answer that if, if it were true or not. I, I haven't looked up that aspect of Judge Coe's back background, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. And not from a nefarious stand- standpoint, but the district court where this case was heard, they see a lot of technological suits. They see a lot of patent suits there. And it if that's her background, if that's where she came from, and she was very good at what she did, I, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me that it, it elevated her to the position she's at now and that she ultimately landed this case. And she sounds like in her comments that she's also kind of fed up with the legal wrangling. She kept trying to reduce the number of patents under consideration. Sure. Twice asked Apple and Samsung to try to make nice. Absolutely. And I don't think that's just her. There was a case earlier in the in the spring between Apple and Motorola where Judge Posner, um, he just dismissed the entire case. And Judge he Posner... He basically said, leave me the hell alone. Basically, yes, Gene. And, you know, he is even more than Judge Coe. And no disrespect to Judge Coe, she's just not at the level that Judge Posner is yet. Judge Posner is probably the most cited legal scholar of our time. I mean, he is he is what, in the legal circles, you'd consider a rock star judge. And he looks at this case, and he has very strong opinions about the types of lawsuits that are going on now. And in in some regards, he used this as a soapbox to tr- kind of make a point and say, this is ridiculous. This needs to stop. I kind of agree, but how do we explain to regular people who may be wondering more about the lines around Apple stores to pick up an iPhone 5 about what all this stuff is about? Now, of course, other companies will say that Apple is hurting competition by going after them. So where did this suddenly just brew to this level? I mean, as I pointed out, it was few and far between for a while, or at least most of the stuff was buried in Apple's filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission. You didn't see much about it. Now, hardly a week or two goes by before you don't hear the lawsuit du jour. Sure, sure. And and I tend to think, you know, you really have to look at the history from the early 80s on and kind of see where we were and where where we're at now. You referenced Apple and Microsoft in the 80s, and there's a lot of a lot of storied interactions there between Steve Jobs and Bill Gates at the time and, you know, who went to, you know, rip off the software from whom and who saw it first and Bill Gates saying Steve Jobs was just whining like he went in to steal a TV and Bill Gates had already gone in to steal it. So who's really at fault? And it was all sort of tongue in cheek and it was all kind of joked about like, yeah, okay, we're all talking about graphic user interfaces and you're building yours and I'm building mine and I took this piece and you took that piece. And if it got a little too close, you know, they might go to court, but you rarely heard about it. You kind of left it up to the fans arguing on, you know, what eventually became message boards and things like that, kind of debating who was better than whom. And Wall Street would keep an eye on the stocks to look at who was doing better than whom. But you didn't get this sort of legal perspective until until very recently. From my perspective, it, it goes back solely to the iPhone, to the point in time when around 2004, when Apple decides, hey, we're, we're going to make this mobile phone device. We're not having any success with trying to get our our iPod system put on a put on a mobile phone. So we're going to start building this out. And I I think at that point is where there was this big 
sort of tech world axis shift that not many people noticed, but maybe Apple and Google really picked up on it fast. And by that, I mean, you look at about two years after they started developing the iPhone, you still had you still had Google CEO as a board member for Apple. And I, I don't even know if a lot of people even remember that still. But in 2006, Schmidt is there. He's a board member. He's real tight with Steve Jobs and the board. And, and he's intimate knowledge of what of what Apple's developing in the iPhone. And it doesn't doesn't take that long for him for Google to go ahead and buy a mobile, a, a operating system development company called Android Inc. Was yeah, but the thing is here, Android was bought in 2005. Correct. The iPhone was released in 2007, but we assume Apple was working on it for a couple of three years before then. Correct. So are we suggesting then that Schmidt, knowing what Apple was doing, rushed out and said, we got to buy this company? I don't think you can suggest that. I think Google is a very forward-thinking company, and I'm more than willing from my seat to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, how do we get all of our apps onto more and more people's hands so that we can sell our our advertising and search stuff? I think they were just as capable of of seeing down the road and saying – Mobile devices, mobile computers is where the future is going to be. I think a lot of Google's product line supports that as well. I, I don't know that it was totally coincidental. I think he was there. I think Apple was working on it. They purchased Android. And, you know, within a few years, Android is released and Schmidt is stepping down from the Apple board. And as we learned in the biography of Steve Jobs, Steve's pretty furious about the whole situation. And I think at that point, is when you started to see, you know, what are we going to do? From Steve Jobs' perspective, Android completely ripped off everything they were trying to do, and they weren't building a good product, but Google was was really taking what Apple was going to make their bread and butter. And he committed at that point to saying, you know, the famous quote of, I'm willing to go nuclear on this, I'm willing to spend every dollar Apple has in the war chest to make Google stop stealing from us. And I think that was the big difference from anything that had happened in the past, and I think a lot of it has to do with just the amazing earning potential that mobile devices and the content stores that are attached to them, the app stores and so on, can bring to an organization. I think it's unlike anything else that was in the past. And I think we've seen that in the amount of money that's been earned by these corporations since. If you can put a device in people's hands and you have a built-in store where they're going to come and shop to purchase books, phones, um, books, music, movies, and so on, it's like minting money for, for Amazon or Google. Well, it's not minting money for Google because most of the Google's money is earned right now from clicks. People click on the ads and the advertiser pays. They're sure. getting the money from eyeballs, not from the sale of hardware, although with Motorola in hand, maybe that will change. Although Motorola is not doing very well, Motorola Mobility. And then, of course, as far as selling the apps are concerned, they're, according to what Apple claims, they're getting a 30% cut of the app sales, setting up the infrastructure, maintaining the site, reviewing the apps, all this stuff, they don't make a lot of money from that. That's not a big money maker. The money maker for Apple is a sale of hardware, and that's what their profit and loss reports show. Google is not making a fraction of the money on Android that Apple is making on the iOS, even though Android has more users right now. I, I, I absolutely agree with that, and I think from an Apple perspective, and it kind of goes back to the way the company is organized. When you have a company that is that is built around owning the entire user experience from integrating the software and the hardware and so on, the the iPhone is what a lot of people call it, and it's that Halo device. There are 
there are numerous people who picked up an iPhone never having used an Apple device before and, and are now diehard Apple fans. And, and we'll get into more of what's going on, especially about Apple's lawsuits against Samsung and other companies. Adrian Hoppel is a contributor to Mac Life magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Since 1974, Evelyn Gibson has helped thousands of people live healthier, happier, and more productive lives. Gibson'sHealth.com demonstrates, educates, and inspires customers to replace their healthy rose of lifestyles with a health-enhancing one. Now, clean up your body and colon without fasting using Herbal Fiber Blend from Gibson'sHealth.com. Most colon cleansers require you to fast and do colon irrigations, but Herbal Fiber Blend is the only body and colon cleanser that cleans without fasting. A plaque colon invites parasites and candida and we are overweight because we must eat twice as much to absorb good nutrients herbal fiber blend also cleans the kidneys and liver not just the colon no other cleanser on the market compares to herbal fiber blend to buy herbal fiber blend from gibson's health at wholesale prices call 800-388-6844 that's 800-388-6844 or go to gibsonshealth.com since 1974 over 30,000 healthier customers Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Adrian Hoppel is a contributor for MacLife Magazine, and he is also the author of a regular column called Law and Apple. And he tries to figure out, and you see it's very difficult, what makes those lawsuits tick and it just seems to never end okay so we see now that of course smartphones tablets cash cows if properly done and apple sees in their point of view that android is infringing on their property but apple isn't suing google they're suing the people who make the handsets. Correct. And I think that's a lot of that stems from the nature of, of the Android ecosystem and that it's it's an open source operating system and, and it's and it's available for any manufacturer to use. So where do you start? Google, as as you pointed out, can't point to a large amount of revenue coming directly from the Android operating system. So it's tough to claim damages in a courtroom. And you look at as this market started to spread out. And who the big players were going to be, it wasn't really clear first. Apple 
Apple decided to go legal, and their first target that they picked out was HTC, and that's who they launched the first suit against. But really, in all of these suits that have happened since, it, it is ultimately, and we wrote about this a number of times, it's ultimately Apple against Google. It's just figuring out how most to get at Google to get them, from Apple's point of view, to stop doing what they were doing. And that's what brings the device manufacturers into court. Apple did how well against HTC? How did that go? Because HTC doesn't do near as well as some other handset makers. I think H, I think Apple's done very well against HTC, and I, I think it was, it was sort of a testing the waters to see how this process was going to work out. As, as we discussed, it's kind, of, it's kind of a new area. Every one of these lawsuits that comes into play is a, is a huge uh, blogosphere event. Um, we're, I wouldn't say as guilty of it, but any of the blogs that deal with this type of technology jumps on every one of these lawsuits, and the fans of the technology, fans of these products, are fascinated by it. It's 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 almost like the easiest way to get inside dirt on the companies that we love, sort of like reality TV for you know the uh, smartphone uh, industry. But when Apple and HTC come up. I think Apple set HTC back a lot, and I think that encouraged Apple to kind of kind of bone up and get ready for the big lawsuit they filed against Samsung. And that's, and that's been the one that's been in the news you know, a lot recently as the rulings finally came down. But um, most of the articles we wrote in the last year have dealt with Apple versus Samsung. Now, Samsung is a huge company, family-owned, and it has many divisions. Mm-hmm. And I gather they're somewhat autonomous. So we have this curious situation where Apple buys billions of dollars of components from Samsung, by memory, by LCD displays, but they're suing Samsung, the handset division. How does that shake out in the real world? I, it's, it's probably the most compelling aspect of the whole thing. When these lawsuits came to play, Apple was Samsung's largest customer. There's, there's a lot of thought that Samsung knew exactly what they were doing uh, when they launched the Galaxy line, specifically the Galaxy S, which was the heart of this lawsuit. Between the point where Android was released and Samsung and Android became the largest mobile platform in the world by 2010, Samsung's release of the Galaxy line was right in there and really drove that huge growth for Android. We look at the documents that have come out in this case and People can debate it, but in my opinion, it's very clear that Samsung knew exactly what they were doing when they designed the Galaxy S, that they knew it was going to copy the iPhone. Um, I don't believe that they totally believe that Apple was going to go to court to the extent that they did. I think Samsung felt they would be able to leverage their business relationship and kind of let it, and Apple would let it go. Apple clearly wasn't willing to do that. And I think from a larger perspective, Samsung knew that the, that the device was going to cause issues. I think they knew that it was copying the iPhone. Um, and I think it was a calculated risk that they took. And although they ultimately lost the court case, from my opinion and a lot of other people's, it, it's going to end up being a, really a huge win for Samsung and Android in general. I want to ask more about that in a moment, but let's just look at Samsung's situation. Samsung really got to being a major manufacturer of so much tech gear by not so much creating new technologies, but taking existing technologies and refining it. So maybe being a copycat is part of their DNA. I definitely think it is. Um, I 
would say that that there are, and not just in the cell phone space, but since we're in that uh, conversation now, I think there are companies that are very innovative and always were, um, like a Nokia and a Motorola that were able to come out with amazing new products that took the world by storm and changed the way we use our devices. Um, I think Samsung never really wanted to be that in this space. Uh, I think they were more than comfortable making the components, making the parts, and making devices that sort of mirrored what other companies were doing, following the trends, nothing that was particularly insidious or even at, I wouldn't even say at the copycat level to the extent that uh, the Galaxy S was. Um, But I, I definitely think that was their business model. I think it was a very successful one. But you're concluding, as some other analysts are, that ultimately Samsung and Google win out of this how? I think it's 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 a huge win for them um, in that you look at what Apple did to the MP3 player market. By the time – they certainly didn't invent the MP3 player. When the iPod came out, it wasn't the first one that was out there. But by the time everybody realized what Apple had done with the iPod and iTunes and the ability to move content as and just Im- – the public embrace of it, it was really too late for any other device to even get a toehold in that market. And Apple completely, completely owned it and changed the way we buy music and so on. Um, and I think they were on they were on pace to do the same thing at an even larger scale with the iPhone. Um, you look at when the iPhone came out, a lot of big players in the industry laughed it off. I mean, Steve Ballmer famously said that you know the iPhone was going to be a terrible email device because it didn't have a keyboard. Uh, the CEO for RIM at the time said there was no way that the iPhone was going to cut into BlackBerry's market share in uh, the smartphone world. People thought it was sort of a joke. Not everybody did, though. I, I, I think Google is already working to figure out how do we stop Apple from doing with the iPhone what they did with the iPod. And I, I, I think you had a choice at, at that point around 2008, 2009 to either keep ignoring what Apple was doing like Microsoft did try and out-innovate them with something brand new, uh, the way HP and, and Palm were trying to put a product out there, or just say, you know what, we need to copy what they're doing and get a toehold in this market, and we'll deal with the court cases down the road. And maybe they're trying to be just like the Windows situation, where basically Microsoft came up with an obvious knockoff of the Mac OS. Of course, Bill Gates had the advantage there because apparently he licensed a few elements of macOS technology from John Scully, who was head of Apple at the time, and that gave them the means with which to win a lawsuit and keep Apple at bay. So in a sense here, maybe Android, Samsung, all these companies were kind of thinking, well, what we can do here is replay the macOS Microsoft thing where we will overwhelm them with knockoff devices Exactly. And it doesn't matter if they sue us because Apple couldn't win against Microsoft. How could they win against us? And and not only that, Gene, but when they did win, so Apple wins a one billion dollar judgment, which you know looks really sexy in the news newspapers, and it can even it'll be decided in December, but it could end up being as much as three billion dollars that that Samsung will have to write a check for, which it's is called triple damages for willful infringement. Exactly. But you look at the amount of profit that Samsung made over that same period of time, and we're talking upwards of $25 billion in profits from handset sales during this time period that was contested. So from just a pure numbers perspective, you can't say it was a huge loss financially. I think any company would pay $3 billion to take home $25 billion in profits. 
from a from a larger sort of meta perspective, you can no longer say that iPhone is going to own the smartphone space. It's still probably the elite device, but Android is entrenched and Samsung is entrenched, and they're not making copycat devices now. The devices coming out from these companies are are wonderful and they're fabulous and they're very unique and different from what iPhone is doing the way the market should work. Okay, but, so basically they learned their limits from these lawsuits. They learned where not to go, like bounce back. We'll have more in a moment. Adrian Hoppel joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to asseenontv.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. 1-866-277-3366. The code Scene one to save 10%. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Micro plant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with micro plant powder. Visit us at hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
Who wants to be disease-free, full of energy, and vibrant health? Two reasons you may feel constantly tired and run down could be that your body's acid level is high and your pH level is low. How does acid enter your body? A cup of coffee, a sandwich, tap water, stress, and cell phones. Plus, your own body produces acid on a regular basis. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize the water you drink and raise your pH level. They promote more oxygen in your system, higher energy potential, and many other documented health benefits. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops is the least expensive and the best pH level product you can buy. Order AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. That's 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health with pH Drops from AlkaVision.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg I'm Gene Steinberg. The guest is Adrian Hoppel. He writes for MacLife and he writes a law and Apple column where he covers all the crazy stuff that's going on. So it's your theory here that, in a sense, in the end, Google and Samsung win. And would you agree with me then that they know the limits now? They see where they lose the lawsuits. So let's work around that. Maybe our answer to bounce back or slide to open isn't as elegant as Apple's. But we'll get something that works. Absolutely. And I think now they have, they have a sort of committed fan base. They have a platform to push new products out. And they're very innovative companies. I am 100% personally an, an Apple product fan, but I am very clear that the products that are being produced now are fantastic. They're, they're fantastic products. I'm probably always going to get an iPhone because that's me. But the Galaxy devices coming out now and the Samsung devices coming out now are excellent products. And I think... This- Let me ask you a question here. You've mentioned this a couple of times. In what areas do these products excel? I think they're, it's a difficult question without getting extremely specific, but where I think they excel is they, they meet a certain, a certain buyer group that is very spec-driven, that, that is very interested in, in an open-source platform with a very adaptable device that really has a lot of components built for speed and performance. You look at the new iPhone 5 came out, and immediately you saw tons of charts and graphs coming out saying this is how the new iPhone stacks up against our Samsung device and so on, and that it doesn't, that the Samsung device outperforms it in this area and resolution here and a faster processor and so on. But then you also saw, I'm starting to see some some bench tests coming out that are saying, yeah, well, the iPhone 5, for all that spec talk, still outperforms these devices because it goes back to Apple's ability to, you know, control the software and the hardware production and get better efficiency. So you have a group of people that really embrace the open source technology, the wide open app store market, and really want a phone that that has the cutting edge components built in versus people who are very content to have an outstanding phone like the iPhone that is going to be curated and is going to work and is going to be fully integrated with all their other devices that they have in their life. They want something that they can plug in and will work and has enough apps for them to do everything they need to do. And I think those are different groups. And I don't think they're totally mutually exclusive. 
I think the marketplace allows for both. And in a lot of ways, when we talk about Google winning, it's not that they're going to win the smartphone war, it's that they're going to win a space to be able to compete here. And I think at the end of the day, the consumer is who's going to win because these choices are going to be available for all of us. Well, we don't want a one-horse race because that way things languish. Let's look, for example, at the browser wars. So Microsoft wins the browser wars with Internet Explorer. So they stopped developing it because there was no reason to be competitive. And then when Firefox came out and Apple Safari and especially Google Chrome, Microsoft has become more competitive. They realize that Internet Explorer can't just sit back. They had to start making it better. And right now it's a more competitive browser. So that helps everybody. Is this going to be then the ultimate two-horse race? What happens to Research in Motion? What happens to Microsoft with Windows Phone? Do people just forget about those two? I know Microsoft is not at its peak right now by, by any stretch, but I don't think you could ever count, count Redmond out. I think they have a huge base there. I think the phone that they released turned a lot of heads. I definitely think there are space for other operating systems in. You have sort of two extremes. You have a very curated, contained, polished iOS world, and you have a very wide open Android space. And even if you look at when there's new Android OS releases and iOS releases, when there's a new iOS release, the percentage of users that download it is is extreme. It's it's 60, 70, 80 percent at times. And you look at the number of Android users that do the same, and it's, and it's the opposite end. Yeah, it's, it's the opposite end of the spectrum. But part of that is because the way Google has it set up, it's up to the handset maker and the carrier to offer the updates. And 99 times out of 100, they don't. So even if you have the latest and greatest Google OS, whatever it could be, it doesn't matter what version. I think it's 4.1 something right now. If you can't get it, it makes no difference. You're ultimately driven to go, you know, to go pick up a new phone that can, and you know whether or not that's part of the reason or not is probably a whole other, uh, just a whole other discussion. But somewhere in the middle there, there's there's probably plenty of space for for an innovative mobile operating system to come in that is 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 a little more curated than what Android is doing, but a little more open than what Apple was doing. A lot of people really felt that. You know what? What HP was going to come out with was was going to hit hit that space, and you know, there's a lot of gambles when the iPad came out, and a lot of tablet gambles, and I think it really threw everybody back a few steps. Now, let me ask you a quick question here. Just going back to the lawsuits with Apple and Samsung, wouldn't it make a lot more sense now with Samsung, especially because this has to hurt their prestige, to find a way to settle with Apple, get this off the table, just know that they have to work around Apple's patents and go on. I mean, they have to be losing a lot of business from the component end because Apple appears to be having other companies more and more build their stuff. Apple's definitely shopping, and they they make no bones about pointing that out. But I think not only Samsung, but I think every company is looking at this lawsuit and saying, let's take a deep breath. How do we get an exit strategy from this world of high profile cases that are not really helping any of us from a business standpoint? and get to a spot where we can all just focus on developing products. We're going to continue our research and development, but getting to a stage where we're patenting things and fairly licensing them and trading them with each other instead of trying to block other people from using them. I think that's that's where it has to go. And I and I think the Samsung case is sort of the beginning of the end. I don't think anybody wants to get drugged through court and have all their dirty laundry exposed the way these two companies did in this case because the media world, this, the electronic media world especially, just eats it up. And 
every every mistake, and you saw it with Google and Oracle on the stands. Every time something is put out there, it's it explodes, and everybody gets to see it. And that was never the case 10, 15 years ago as well. And we have to look at Apple and Microsoft, still competitive, but Apple and Microsoft in 1997 buried the hatchet, signed cross-licensing agreements. No more problems. Right. And I think it's going to have to get to a point where there's a lot of bad blood between Apple and Microsoft, and they have gone past that to the point where, sure, they'll still make sort of snarky comments about each other at their conferences and things like that, but they work a lot together. You see Bing integrated as a built-in option for Safari. You, you see a lot of different relationships occurring that are starting to bring these two companies together. You've recently seen a lot of situations where Apple and Google were that way. They were kind of hand-in-hand in the early 2000s, and Apple's trying to break away from a lot of that, a lot of those connections they have with Google. And we see it with this Maps release on, on iOS 6 and kind of the pushback that's coming from there. I think from Steve Jobs' point of view, there were things that Google has always done better than everybody else. Search, without question, maps, and a lot of other things that, that they have built, built up. And he was more than happy to use them, in, integrated in with the iPhone. Now, more and more, Apple's going to start, are they going to continue to look in those areas to break away from Google? Does it make sense for Apple to build a search platform? Is that what Siri is? Is Siri going to continue to grow that way? And are they just going to completely put walls up between the two companies, or are they, are they going to start working together again? Uh, I think those are good questions. I think that's what remains to be seen over the next couple of years. Now, there was a published report, unconfirmed, you probably heard it, where Tim Cook from Apple and Larry Page, CEO of Google, were talking about things, but as I said, never confirmed, possibly about some kind of cross-licensing. We'll get into more of that in a moment. We have Adrian Hoppel from MacLife joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient 
nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganix.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. Now the freeze-dried guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, six-month, three-month, one-month, or seven-day Mountain House Survival Bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran-owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Adrian Hoppel from MacLife joining us. We're looking at Apple and the Law. That's the column he does for MacLife. You go to MacLife.com and you find out about their publication. This is the alternative Mac magazine, MacLife.com, or buy it at your favorite newsstand. They didn't pay for that. Susie Ox, the executive editor, did not come to me and ask for a plug. But she gave me great guests, like Adrian. So we're looking here at Apple's brouhaha. But does it make sense here, wouldn't it make sense at this point in time, that Google would want to try to play nicely with Apple? Because right now they lost the maps. Apple's not going to suddenly give up their maps. It's imperfect, highly imperfect, but they've gone that direction. They're not going to change. So does Google really want to lose that? I don't think that they do. I think they have a they have a great platform with Android, and I think they can continue to push their products out there. I don't think Apple's going to bend with how curated they keep their ecosystem. And Google Google needs iOS users to use Google products. The iOS devices out there are not only a huge percentage of users, but they're very active users. They are 
they are users that that are consuming media and they're using social media and they're very entrenched with with the cutting trends that are going out there. Uh, and Google needs them. They they need to have that audience there and they can't alienate the relationship with Apple to the point where there's no Google apps in the App Store or something to that effect. By the same token, Apple can't either because we st- a lot of people still prefer using Google Maps. A lot of people will want to use Google Search. If I opened up my Safari browser and Google wasn't an option there as as a search choice, I would probably stop using Safari. And they're not even the one I use all the time. But I just think it is that important because it's it is how we use these uh, devices now. Um, Google really needs to be on Apple devices, and Apple really needs to have Google on their devices. Well, Maps is history, obviously, but Apple has problems. And this is something you would appreciate and explain to our listeners. You live in the Philadelphia area, a city where there's a lot of really good public transportation. And I came up through New York. I grew up in Brooklyn and lived in Queens for a time. And we have also pretty good public transportation. Unfortunately, with Apple's Maps, you want to check a route from public transportation, New York subways, the various buses and other lines in Philadelphia, they offer you an app for that. Right. You can't do it with Apple's Maps. I'm hoping they will integrate that eventually because we're talking about the first version. It's imperfect. There are areas where it doesn't give proper directions. Get cities in the wrong place. This is a matter of experience. But Apple doesn't have much time to really clean up the loose ends, do they? I don't think that they do. I think, you know, we look at Apple and I think they have a, a sort of perception as being this very finished, polished company. But from from the beginning, from, you know, the Steve Wozniak days, they have never been a company that always put out a completely finished product first. They are more than willing to put out a product that's that's 80 to 90 percent finished and grow it from there, often at, you know, the user's expense. You know, there were multiple lawsuits about Siri not owning up to its commercials. You kind of go back to the first iPhone and what it couldn't and couldn't do compared to what it can do now, and it's almost a joke. I think Apple is is more than willing to say, hey, we're switching to this product and we're putting it out right now. And the Apple users have faith, well, okay, it's not perfect, but they're going to continue to grow this. Or I really need this product. You talk about the transit situation. I have a friend of mine who who works for a big university here in the Philadelphia area, and they have an integrated map app for the school that lets students kind of map out how to get from one classroom building to another that was integrated with a lot of work done with Google. And their app is designed when it's on an iPhone to grab the default map program on the iPhone and pull that information down that has classroom buildings and so on. Well, now with iOS 6, it pulls from the Apple data, and none of that work is there. And we're talking about years of work that was put into this app that now doesn't work completely. And they can't be the only organization out there that that is going to struggle with this. So Apple's going to have to keep growing maps. It's going to have to get up to speed. Well, part of it is experience. The more experience they have, the more sampling, the more information they gather, the better it gets. I also suspect that user experience helps drive them in directions where they need to basically make the improvements. So, for example, the first time I tried to look at my home near Phoenix, Arizona, on the Apple Maps under iOS 6, it couldn't find it, but eventually it figured out where it was. I'm assuming Apple servers are very adaptable, and that two, three months from now, a lot of the initial errors won't be there. 
I would agree, and I think Apple's proven that over the years, um, that although they may release a product that that is imperfect and not fully developed, they are fairly quick, in at least in this world, to get new updates out, to add new improvements, and often at you know, little to no cost to, to the end user. I mean, we look at operating system updates for their desktop devices, and we're 20 to $30 for what in the Microsoft world are hundreds of dollars worth of new operating systems. So and I look think- what Apple did with Windows 8. They forced Microsoft to have a special package in the first few months that Windows 8 is out. They pay less money, like half or a quarter of what the full price is. But after January 31st, 2013, the price reverts. But right now, to upgrade online to Windows 8, it's $39.99. Of course, it's $19.99 for Mountain Lion, so maybe Microsoft kind of thinks, well, if you can pay $20 for Apple, we've got to be worth 40 But they're taking a hit over that. Sure. I, and and, th- and that's, a, that's a huge change for Microsoft when you know, XP came out and Windows 2000, and even when Vista came out, these were hundreds of dollars, and people flocked to them. I mean, the lines that we look at for for iPhone releases, those used to be similar lines, not to the same same extent, but used to be the same sort of hype for a new Windows release, because um, that's all everybody was using. That's very interesting. I think we should cover that. The fact of the matter is, Windows 95, for example, this is the first really credible version of Windows, the one that really helped them to gain the upper hand over the Mac OS. Not as good as the Mac OS, although Mac OS was pretty creaky in those days, but it was good enough, Windows 95. They even had the Rolling Stones with the song Start Me Up. Of course, if you read the lyrics, you'd realize it wasn't a good plug for anything, but forget the lyrics. Got a lot of publicity. Microsoft sure. had the buzz. Today, a new Microsoft operating system comes out and people are bored. Not, and not only bored, but burned, where they're like, great, is this going to be like Vista? And, you know, for for fair or not fair, Vista is demonized as, you know, you don't need to upgrade to the next Microsoft system because I upgraded to Vista and then I had to go back to XP for years. And that was the experience for a lot of people, especially in the business world, which was Microsoft's bread and butter. Now, when a new operating system comes out, it's it's not the same rush of, I need to download that, I need my IT my admin group to download that and start testing it out immediately as much as are we going to have to switch to this and what's going to break when we do? And I don't know that that's totally fair, but that's what has, I think that's what has happened in that base. Well, just think, for example, Windows XP came out in 2001, the same year Apple released the first 10.0 version of OS 10. Okay. So look at the similarity there. Now today, it's only a few months ago that Windows 7 became the majority Windows OS version. Up till then, it was Windows XP. Only recently did that change. And now you have a situation here where businesses, especially the enterprise, where Microsoft earns the largest share of their profits, they're not going to switch to a new OS overnight. They have their workflow carefully set. They know the problems. They know the workarounds. They know what they have to do. Windows 8 is a paradigm change for Windows looks totally different, at least on the surface. We don't want to mention that tablet that may or may not come to be. looks totally different. And now I would think if I was an IT person and the bean counters are saying, what's going to cost us to upgrade to Windows 8? Not just the upgrade cost, but the employee retraining. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, most employees who are not necessarily computer geeks, they're going to have to be retrained to a new OS. Where does this help us? 
Does this operating system make us more productive? Is it more reliable? Do we get more work out of our employees? Do we make more money? And if they can't answer those questions in the affirmative, they're going to say, Windows 8, put it on the back burner. Let's worry about Windows 7 right now. Maybe we'll move to Windows 7 and worry about something else later on. We have Adrian Hoppel joining us. He's going to be back for one more segment on the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves. Available exclusively from StockStorage.com. Every GCN listener deserves low-cost, high-quality survival and preparation products. Get yours now at CampingSurvival.com. 
For example, save on the Life Straw personal water filter for only $19.95 or the Water Bob emergency 100-gallon fresh water system only $24.95. Get one for every bathtub in your home. And Bridgeford Foods tasty, ready-to-eat MRE sandwiches start at only $2.95 each. CampingSurvival.com is a convenient one-stop shop with over 17,000 urban wilderness and preparedness items, supreme customer service, very low shipping, and no games. We search the web to make sure we have the lowest prices. And remember, CampingSurvival.com is 100% USMC veteran-owned. Do business with the authority on survival since 1956. CampingSurvival.com. Want more savings? Use coupon code GCN at checkout for a 5% discount. CampingSurvival.com. Confidence born of preparation. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. Adrian Hoppel, he's a contributing writer for MacLife Magazine, covers the Law and Apple column where we focus on what Apple is doing against Samsung and Google and Motorola Mobility and all those companies. But we're focusing also on the OS wars, about iOS 6. Now, in terms of iOS 6 in general, I assume, Adrian, this was a pretty positive experience for you. It was. Um, you know, I am, I am in that segment that is anxiously waiting for <laughs> my, my iPhone to change and say, hey, you can download this now. And I'm grabbing that operating system for my Mac and for my iPhone the second I am able to. And I think that's... I think that's part of the culture of the Apple user and the Apple market base. Um, we were talking a little bit about in the corporate world struggling to update operating systems, and I think when you market to the business world for so long and you, be, you and you tout yourself as the go-to business operating system, you have to prove those ROI, those return on investment questions on why do I want to upgrade? Why do I want to manage my users, my employees to upgrade to this device? What's the return in money to me? Where when you market yourself as Apple has over the years as as the more creative device, as, as the artist and the musician and the writer's system and device, you get sort of a different mindset of, you know, aesthetic value alone is enough to drive a lot of people to update their operating system on an Apple device, and iOS six brought a lot of, lot of fantastic features to the device. That, admittedly, some were already there on on Android devices, but you know we're more than happy to get them now. The other thing about Apple and the way they do it is, if you, for example, use Mac OS ten point zero, and now you're at ten point eight, you can go through the first version ten point zero on an old Mac, buy a brand new Mac with ten point eight, and a lot of the basic elements are still there. I mean, there are differences, there are new features, it looks nicer, it's much faster, it's much more stable, looks nicer, all that stuff. But you don't have to go through a thorough retraining process. But with Microsoft, they're always throwing things out. Like, you know, you went from menu bars to the ribbon, which is a dumb toolbar idea that goes back to, what, the 80s and 90s. I remember they had WordPerfect for the Mac. Does anyone remember this? Do you remember this, Adrian? That was, that was what I did all of my original computer writing on. Okay, WordPerfect for the Mac. It had this massive toolbar that seemed to consume many levels. I've never seen such a big toolbar in a Mac. And now Microsoft comes out with a context-sensitive toolbar, and they say, this is the ribbon. <laughs> I don't see a difference. No, and 
And I think that speaks to a lot of the recent struggles with Microsoft as a corporation. They seem to have, from my perspective, really lost their vision. Because if you're going to market yourself to that corporate conservative business world, you're going to have a hard time proving an ROI in general. But then when you take something that looks like Windows 7 and you finally have people convinced, hey, this is a solid operating system. And for the record, I'm a huge Windows 7 fan. I I think it's a very solid system. And then you look at Windows 8 and you say, hey, Fortune 500 businesses, conservative businesses, here's something that looks totally different as soon as I show you an image of it. It looks like nothing you've ever used before. We'd love for you to buy this on day one and deploy it across all of your employees. That's never going to happen. There's no way that's going to happen. In a sense, then, Microsoft is possibly changing things too much, but Apple, considered the more innovative company, is being conservative about the usability. So, for example, if you got the first iPhone in 2007, huge number of changes. We have multitasking, we have the App Store, all these extra features. But if you learn how to use the first iPhone, it's not going to take you too long to figure out iOS 6. Correct. And I think I think it is ironic to look at it that way as... The company that is considered to be more innovative is kind of static in a lot of ways in the design of their operating system uh, versus the company that is supposed to be very conservative is constantly coming out with something new and looks totally different. But I think Apple, specifically when Steve Jobs came back and you know, they took the next operating system and developed OS X. I think they decided this is the way we're going to go and we're going to commit to this and we're not going to have a large number of SKUs for different computers like we've had in the past under John and Scully. We're going to have the iMac. We're going to have the MacBook. We're going to roll out these few products. We're going to control everything about them and people are going to love it. Now, a lot of people thought Steve Jobs was nuts. And he was correct in that vision. There are a lot of people that do love that, and we still do. And what Apple hit on then is still working now. There's nothing that has really broken about OS X. We just want it to be able to do more and more and more. But the basic structure of it has proven to be a very solid operating system. And one thing that Apple tried to do, which was a mistake, they tried to basically graph kind of a rough-hewn version of the OS interface from the Mac onto the original Next operating system, Instead, they had to do things to basically make it easy for programmers to update their apps, which was called Carbon. But also the Aqua interface basically was a refined version of the traditional Mac interface. I wrote a book about using one of the early Mac OS X versions. And the way I got the introduction handled was, here's OS, Mac OS 1.0, 1984. Now take a look at Mac OS X. 2001. And boy, it sure looks a lot sharper, a lot spiffier. But a lot of the basics that you learned in 1984 still apply. Mm -hmm. And I think that has what has helped the company grow so much because it was right around that time in 1984, you know, with the iconic Super Bowl commercial and so on, when Apple really started beating the drum as we are the counterculture, we are the we are the innovative creative organization. And, you know, it's hard to think of them as counterculture today because they they get accused of being the opposite of being so mainstream in some ways. Um, but that is who they decided they wanted to be. And, you know, you read about Steve Jobs and when he was kind of kicked off to the side to build the Mac division when, you know, they wanted to build Lisa instead. And he would fly a pirate flag on, on top of the development building where he and the crew were working to develop that. I think that mindset has always been there, and it, it really came out big with the Mac in 84, and I think, 
I don't think they're going to let that go. That so when you pick up a Mac now, you get that connection with. Hey, this is still the same company that was throwing sledgehammers at IBM back in 1984. This is still the same company that's trying to change the world one little device at a time. As much as the iPod is refined, as much as the iPhone and the iPad are refined, the original version was the trendsetter. That pointed in the new direction. All they did was refine it. And that's how they do it. They give you the version one, which is maybe 70% complete, and they keep basically fixing it, working at it, making it work better, add features that make sense. And that's the other thing about Apple, which other companies don't get. They know when not to have a feature. We don't need NFC chips right now. Maybe that technology is not matured enough. Let's try Passport, which is based on barcodes, which is a tested, proven technology. And now they might get criticized for that, and we've seen that in the last week since since iPhone 5 was um, announced. I have heard even a lot of complaints among Apple fans that they were disappointed or underwhelmed, I heard a lot, with the iPhone 5, and mainly because of the design and features like that that weren't there that their Android friends had. And I would repeat the same things we're ta- talking about now. The iPhone 4, specifically, was really a beautiful design device, and Apple doesn't need to make or create an entirely new shape with every iPhone that comes out. And they do the same thing with the MacBook. It looks basically the same for the past five, six, seven years. Um, If you hold them side by side, you see it's a little smoother, it's a little slimmer, and so on. But they have a good design. They have a good concept. They have a good company um, philosophy, and they stick with it. And then they refine it and keep growing it. The iPhone 5 is a major upgrade to any other iPhone that has come out. It doesn't have every single feature that you can find on an Android, but I believe it has every feature that Apple users want. And I think it's a huge upgrade to what they've had in the past, just because it looks a little bit like the iPhone 4S. I don't think it's a drawback, because the iPhone 4S is a beautiful device. And even though Apple was criticized about the iPhone 4S, the record sales prove the critics wrong, and it looks like there'll be more record sales. Correct. So and there you go. And as far as the lack of NFC, well, how many people really use it? It may be available on loads of Android smartphones, but lots of features are available on different devices. It doesn't mean that they're widely used. It doesn't mean that businesses support it, and it doesn't mean they work well. And Correct. I know one of our correspondents came on the show just a couple of weeks back, and he said, you know, I've tried NFC in a few places. And the merchant said, we can't get it to work. We don't use it. That's how it goes. Hey, Adrian Hopple, tell our listeners what you've got coming up over at MacLife. Well, we have, we're looking at um, increasing the, the number of times that we put out Law, Law, Law and Apple. Currently, it's published every Wednesday, sometime in the afternoon. Um, there's still enough content out there to probably go to two or three days a week. We're, we're thinking of doing that. And um, we're, we're looking at adding in some more featured stories and news coverage again uh, as well. So definitely stop by. I, I, I think it's a very robust site. I think, um, you know, yesterday, as soon as iOS 6 came out, within a few seconds, there was an article from one of my peers on 50 tips and tricks on what you can use iOS 6 for on your device. And I think- I'll tell you what, you can find that at MacLife.com, MacLife.com. Adrian? America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it any time you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. Faketv.com, the burglar deterrent. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellero of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com, and he's been covering the iPhone 5 beat, as have a lot of us. In fact, when Apple announced the iPhone 5, he wrote an article for the Mac Observer entitled, A Tale of Adventure and Delight. Sounds to me like a brand new adventure movie. Well, actually, The attack it of the iPhone 5. Oh, my. Actually, it is, a, it is an adventure. The way, the way I think of the iPhone is, is that it's a fabulous adventure ride like Disney World, but without the cutting edge. You know, I mean, if there were a roller coaster that were the fastest highest G roller coaster that you'd ever seen, but they told you there was a 2% chance that it would come off the tracks or that, you know, it would lop off your head in the tunnel. You'd go, Oh, that's exciting. But you know, there's some risk element there. Maybe I'll pass. The thing about the iPhone is, is that you get to move forward with a wonderful technology, but with this walled garden of Apple, where you have this comfort you know, it's the apps are curated and it's very secure. And so you have this nice balance between advanced technology and 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 a little bit of risk, but not very much at all. And that, that's that's a nice ride to be on. And people want to be, um, you know, moving along with the flow of this exciting industry because, you know, you get left behind. You know, you're using an iPhone 3GS, you're not using iOS 6, you're just, you know, lost and not part of the mainstream. So 
I think people are highly motivated to uh, jump on this uh, bandwagon, so to speak, and and just kind of go along for the ride, which is why when the next iPhone comes out, there's so much excitement. It's not because of the features. It's not because people sit down and look at a checklist or a comparison chart and say, oh, this is major, this is important. It's incremental. Piece by piece, we move forward. And the whole of all these little bits and pieces are what makes us sort of attracted to to moving along. And so I argue in the article that it's really not about comparison charts or features. It's about the experience of the whole integrated whole. And what Apple decides to give us is mature. For example, last year, Apple didn't give us LTE because it was on the bleeding edge. And a lot of people wouldn't have been happy. But well, the one the thing of- they wouldn't have been happy about was the battery life. Yeah, and that's right. And so the the kind of people who really want to be on the on the real advanced edge and be really geeky and say, well, you know, I'm the first to have LTE, but then they have to kind of you know suffer through it and 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 be uh, experimented on. Uh, that's not the Apple user experience. It's like yeah, Apple's ready. Apple gives us something cool and it's great. It's fully baked, and then the whole of all those features is what moves us along, not any one special feature that you might criticize Apple for leaving out, like NFC. Well, we can go into some of the features it doesn't have later on. I know there are comments saying, well, four inches is not enough. I mean, you can buy a Samsung Galaxy Note, which is over five inches, but they don't think about the usability. You just just don't increase the size and expect the thing to work as comfortably. It's not just about what the features are, but about the usability. So four inches, exactly. Four inches is a larger screen, yes, but the width is the same. And Apple has basically removed some of the space around the home button. So the increase in size is like what four tenths of an inch. Yeah, uh, if that. And and the reason for that is was explained by Phil Schiller. The idea is is that you can hold the iPhone five in one hand and operate it with your thumb. And if the display is too big, of course, your thumb isn't going to reach unless you have a giant hand. Aren't we the all prob- basketball players at heart? <laughs> the, the problem with these Android phones with these five-inch screens is that you have to hold it in one hand and then touch it with the other hand. So it's really a, a, a two-hand device. Well, yeah, the Galaxy Note in- is designed to use a stylus. Right. And then you put it inside a case, and what have you got? You've got virtually a mini five-inch tablet that no longer fits uh, except in a, a, a giant you know, uh, belt uh, holder or a purse. And, and so the iPhone 5 retains that nice ability to slide it into inside coat pocket or a shirt pocket or something like that, even with a case. I stick it in my pants pocket. Mm-hmm. So there, and an iPhone 4S, I assume the iPhone 5, will just be slightly larger, not too large for the <laughs> pants pocket. Is that an Android in your pocket, uh, Gene? Oh, I don't have. The only Android I have in my pocket is the the mechanical (laughs) robot thing that says, eating, eating, (laughs) eating. There it is right now. It's coming out of my pocket. Hello. Let me just talk to it right now. I have to talk to it. Okay, let's see right now. Let me talk to it. Are you ready? Okay. Are you an Android? Let's wait for the answer. She's at a loss for words. I think so. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe Android makes Siri go crazy. Look, it's still spinning. I have fooled Siri, right? Or if I thought it was Martin Scorsese or Samuel L. Jackson. And I'm I- sorry, you F.O. man. I'm afraid I can't answer that. 
Well, there you go. Uh, Obviously, Siri is not aware of an Android. Doesn't care so, about Androids. And there you go. Also, Siri, by the way, if you get angry at Siri and use words that are not allowed on radio, you will be admonished to be... Chill it, you know. Yeah. Chill out. So what I wrote in that first article was is that it's not about a features list. It's about the whole being more than the sum of the parts. It's about each function being ready in its time. You know, you have a faster processor, uh, so you can do uh, a, a bigger screen better more efficient siri searches you have a, a, a slightly larger display so you can see a little bit more of safari actually it really helps quite a bit and and so all these little factors put together in a human engineering ergonomic sense lead to something that's very pleasing in the palm of your hand and people who make checklists comparison charts just don't get that well can we say if we're being critical that apple is like comfort food uh, well, yeah, I think you could say that, actually, as opposed to uh, beer and, and too much beer and pizza where you get a stomachache. <laughs> so Android is the pizza and the beer, and the pizza being, of course, sausage and meatball mixed. There you it go. has to be a Sicilian pizza because that's big and fat. Uh, New York Sicilian pizza, okay? Yeah. From Ray's Pizza in New York. <laughs> Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's comfort food, the Apple ecosystem, but it's basically the kind of comfort food that doesn't put on weight. Well, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money, and so you want to have something that's going to work instead of frustrate you. So much of modern technology can be frustrating. And, you know, it's the old business about uh, Mac versus Windows. Are you a tinkerer or are you a doer? Uh, I get the feeling that there are a lot of people who want to be on the bleeding edge and want to tinker and want to configure and want to jailbreak and want to mess around and, you know, do all this stuff. And there are a lot, of, but there are a lot of people who just want to make their phone calls. And, and when it's on LTE uh, and they would just want their data to work and they just want the, the phone to be a, a friendly servant to them without frustrating them like, you know, Windows used to do. Well, the thing I always think about in terms of smartphones only a small number of people, other than those saying, I want an iPhone, are really concerned about the model designation. They'll go into the wireless store or the consumer electronics store and say, I want a smartphone that does this and go online. I can write letters. And they'll sell what's available, what fits their budget, regardless of brand, or what they get spiffs for. So if they get a spiff, you know, you sell 20 right. Android phones today, you get this amount of oh, money. Oh, yeah, Whatever it that. is... There are lots of reasons why people would buy the phone, not because of preference, but just because they want something. They don't think about it that way. They don't think in terms of all the inside baseball that you and I play. I wonder how many people, I I wonder what percentage of the people walk into a Verizon store with no idea and let the salesman convince them about what phone they should get. I wonder. I mean, I think it's a small fraction. I think people tend to get polarized, you know, and they figure that they either want an iPhone or they want something that isn't an iPhone. And if they don't want an iPhone, you know, then they might get maneuvered into this or that. That's kind of like I think it goes, but I'm not sure. We're sure that we have John Martellero of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP 
is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We decided to start this off with the ultimate in comfort food, which is the iPhone 5, which is now available physically to pick up by the time you hear the show. However, you may not be able to get one because this tale of adventure and delight is being experienced by so many people. It's going to be real, real difficult to possibly get one the first day. But you will. Just relax. Take it easy. Okay. The second story that John Martellaro did at the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com is why we didn't get what we didn't get. And I add the words, did we not get what we didn't get? I don't know. So that let's talk very, about the things we didn't get and why we didn't get them. That was so a very popular article. That, that went off the charts at the Mac Observer. And I, I think that's because uh, of what we talked about a little while ago, and that is, is that people get kind of caught up in the idea of, well, it's missing this, and therefore that's a problem. It doesn't have this feature, therefore it's inferior. Uh, the first item on the list was, for example, near-field communications. We think of NFC uh, as being something that's used of primarily for mobile payments, but it can be used for other things like unlocking your car door or starting a car or, or uh, security locks on doors. But NFC is primarily focused right now on mobile payments, but mobile payments are in their infancy. I did a big article on the digital wallet a while back, and I looked at all the different digital wallet payment systems, V.me from Visa and Isis and uh, Google Wallet, and they're, they're all in their infancy, and everybody's doing something different. You've got, you've got a consortium of big box makers like uh, Walmart working on some projects. You've got the, the phone makers or at least the, the phone big phone partners and OS vendors like Google working on it. And then you've got Visa working on it. So at every level, you've got people messing around with it. And then you've got the Starbucks in the Square system. Uh, which uses a GPS where you walk into the Starbucks and the GPS picks you up and registers you and brings up your photo on the screen. And they say, oh, hi, John, um, what do you want? And uh, you say, I want an iced soy latte. He gives it to you and he punches it and it charges it to your phone account because it's been handshaken and authenticated and it's built to you and you walk out. Except, so, of course, if your iPhone or your device that has an NFC chip is stolen. Boy, they can do all sorts of strange mischief on yeah, that phone. Well, there's, there's mechanisms there to kill that. Uh, you know, you, you can either, either disable that function through the mobile payment system, or you can, uh, you know, kill your phone and uh, to buy a new one. So, but the so problem NFC with that is, is not of course, something the time is, it takes. The yeah, time it but, takes where you're vulnerable, you might, 
you know, leave the phone in a restaurant like someone left an iPhone 4 prototype. You leave the phone in the restaurant, you go up to the hotel room, and you don't remember till six or eight hours later. Well, you, you know, that's, down there. That's, that's kind of like saying that, you know, if I have an electronic key and insert it into the car, if the connection isn't good, then my car isn't going to start. But how many times does that happen to people? I, I have a car where I have this electronic key. Yeah, you put it in, you press the start button, and it does this digital handshaking. So if the car doesn't see the right encrypted uh, handshake, you know, it's not going to start. Well, we that do hear be, stories, that could though, be a real big problem. that some of the hackers have been able to break into those yeah, automobile but, security uh, well, systems. I'm not I guess talking about hackers, though. I'm talking about every, it's, it's, you know, these, these technologies get kind of run through the mill and they're not rolled out to the public until they're really ready. And that's a good example of uh, in the NFC case. Now, just like LTE was last year, I think you're going to see NFC in, in an iPhone 6 next year when the mobile payment situation is a lot clearer. Now, the, the systems th- that Apple's using now in Passport, all it is is barcodes, which is a tried-and-true system. Okay, number two with a bullet, no 128-gigabyte storage. So 128 gigabytes of storage was a red herring. It was thrown out there by a few people who just, you know, geeks who want more storage and maybe want to load up their iPhone with movies or something. But there's very good reasons not to do that. First of all, it costs more. It's it's going to sap precious milliamp hours that are required for your LTE. It's going to make a 64 gigabyte device look like it's not the top of the line anymore. So you're driving people towards higher price points and you don't necessarily want to do that. Uh, so there's an engineering trade-off between memory and, and, and space, physical space inside the phone. It's and, also and a matter of it doesn't scale life. up. The price doesn't scale up in a uniform way. Because right now, 64 gigabytes is reasonably affordable. Going to 128, you know, it goes in an upward curve, and it's not cost-effective. Now, maybe next year it will be. kind of hope it will be. kind of hope that we reach a point where we can buy a 512-gigabyte yeah. solid-state drive for $200. Well, you know, the A6 in the iPhone 5 is uh, more power-efficient, and Apple was able to get even longer uh, standby time and better battery utilization. So why blow that by needlessly adding 128 gigabytes where people don't really need it? It was one of those fanciful checklists that some person wrote, you know, on some website somewhere where they had a wish list. So let's forget about that. Let's talk about Uh, battery life. Well, that's another easy one to throw out there. You know, you, you say to Apple, here's the things that I want. I want 128 gigabytes of storage. I want NFC. I want LTE. And those are all big hungry battery killers and then you turn around and you say oh oh by the way apple i want more battery life than we had before you're not the engineer on the team who's got to make these engineering trades it's again it's another red herring on the checklist well the fact is apple added a little bit more battery life so where's the beef the other one i want to talk no fingerprint login security yeah, I think the the person who wrote that, where I saw it first, didn't really understand how the display on the iPhone works. It's a touch-sensitive display that tracks movement through a capacitive effect. And so you can do things like ping, finger pinch, and you can do swipes and so on. So it's it's sensitive to those movements across the screen. It's not an imaging system. So if you put your thumb on the screen, it's not like it's a camera or an imager. There's no way to read the fingerprint. So you would have to uh, reduce the size of the screen. And somewhere on the, on the phone, maybe next to the home button or something, 
put this giant one inch fingerprint reader that would just mess up the aesthetics of the phone and it's it's just not realistic yeah besides isn't there a published report that apple did acquire a company that does that yes so we'll see it maybe in iphone 6 if we need it no inductive charging some time back we had somebody on the show they had what is called a wireless charging system what this meant is you had this base look kind of like a grill and you stick an adapter on your device and it would touch the base without a physical connection and it would charge it what here's the way it works now you have a charger you plug it into your phone on the dock whether you're using lightning or whether you're using the old 30-pin connector, and you plug the charger into the wall so you have a cord. All right, so when you have inductive charging, what do you do? You've got an inductive base station that you've got to still plug into the wall. So you're still plugging the device into the wall. Now you've got to take space and technology inside the phone, mess around with the electronics, have an inductive charger on the back that could interfere with the radio system, and lay the phone down on the inductive charger What have you gained? From Gene Steinberg, you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. 
What's the difference in all these online emergency food stores? The difference is Deseret. DeseretFoodStores.com has the best price on a one-year supply of restaurant-style gourmet food starting at just $695 for 875 servings. For the highest quality food with a 30-year shelf life, experience the Deseret difference at DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, or call 801-444-1444. DeseretFoodStore.com. Food for now, food for life. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, we're looking at the features we didn't get in the iPhone 5, and maybe we don't care. One of the issues is not in your article that I saw. One of the complaints is that Apple went to the Lightning proprietary connection port rather than micro USB. But micro USB is not reversible, is it? It's it's not reversible, but there's a bigger problem that isn't being talked about. And um, companies that are in competition with Apple are glossing over it and criticizing Apple for you know changing the connector, not going with industry standard. And I'll get to that in a minute because there's an issue in Europe with that. But here's the deal. A micro USB has plenty of power in terms of wattage, amps, and volts to charge a phone. But the micro USB standard isn't designed for tablets and can't quite deliver enough wattage to charge an iPad the way it should and in the quickest possible way. It's just short. And if you tried to use a micro USB technology and charger to charge an iPad, you wouldn't have a very good experience. It might get a little hot in trying to charge the the iPad. So Apple had to pick a technology that not only worked for the iPhone, but had to be able to charge their iPads. And that ruled out a micro USB. You won't hear that from Apple's competitors. Well, they'll only tout the micro USB. They won't talk about the downsides. Right. Now, in Europe, I think there's a requirement by law that the phone be able to accept a standardized connector. And so I think... From what I've heard, and I'm not 100% sure, but from what I've heard, 
uh, Apple will have to have a uh, USB to a lightning interface connector for European customers. But don't hold me to that. I won't. One of those things. Okay, so Apple didn't just... I know we had somebody actually post a message like this in our comments section of com. They're saying, well, the reason Apple went to Lightning is they can sell adapters. Oh, give me a break. You know, if they only do it every 10 years, <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. It's just that we're at the... Uh, intersection point right now um that that 30 pin connector was designed in 2002 and 2003 when we had these giant ipod classics that were you know 20 millimeters thick or so uh these devices are getting very thin have you tried to connect a um 30 pin connector to an ipad 2 or 3 yes that slanted edge is very shaky there i mean it's, you have it's, to be careful now my wife yeah. does it more often than i do she has small fingers no problem. But you still have to look very carefully because it's not obvious which direction to go. And we understand that, you know, if it doesn't go in, you just turn it around or you look a little bit more closely. But you can also break the connector. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty shaky connection there. Oh, by, by the way, it does have a little icon on the side that's supposed to be face up. Yeah, but it's dark in the room. Yeah, if you're dark and your thumb is on there, you won't see it. You know, every 10 years they change the connector. Uh, I think it's... Uh, Tempest in a teapot. Apple has to do what's right for the technology and, and, and make it work for all the devices and make it work on something that's thin and uh, keep the technology updated. So, you know, that's the way Apple rolls. There you go. And that takes us to topic number three, three, three with a bullet. Samsung's anti-iPhone 5 video ad is snarky, juvenile. And after you comment about this, I'll tell you where Samsung could write an ad and, at least for the time being, actually say something accurate. Yeah, uh, there's there's been some ads prior to that. And for those people who are, aren't familiar with the theme of these uh, ads, is is that we're outside uh, a, uh, an Apple store where there's a very long line of young people, geeks. They've got lawn chairs. They've been sitting there for hours. And they're in line to get the latest and greatest Apple iDevice, probably a phone. And there's some dialogue going on in the crowd where, uh, you know, some passers-by have these uh, Samsung phones. And they're showing them to the people in line. And as the ad goes, uh, these individual features seem to be better than what Apple's offering. And it's causing some agitation um, by the people in the line. So uh, there's a new one out uh, uh, attacking the iPhone 5. And and a lot of it is based on what we just talked about earlier in the show. Uh, A lot of it, I've seen their checklist, a lot of it is based on Samsung's deliberate misrepresentation of features. You know, when I looked at the ad, I didn't go into Samsung's list of what they have. I was focused more on on how uh, Samsung was criticizing uh, the iPhone 5. For example, the iPhone 5 has 4G LTE. So what do you do? Well, you criticize Apple for not having it last year, where, you know, some these these geeks were on the bleeding edge, and 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 so uh, they were wrestling with it. And, and so, so you, you know, get three hours battery life instead of eight. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, no and, then, and then they're showing these people in line, well, look how big my screen is, as if the lack of a big screen is somehow some sort of deficit or you know problem with the phone and it's a differentiating factor but it's not a superior feature 
It's just something different. And if Apple thought a five-inch screen was really important to do and was killing them in the marketplace, don't you think Apple would come out with a five-inch screen too? They have a vision. They know what they're doing, and they know what their customers like. And the customer is not going to like the five inches as soon as you suddenly have to stick it in your pocket or try to use it with one hand, unless, I said, you're a basketball player or a professional wrestler. <laughs> and then there's the spurious stuff. It's just sort of smug and smirky. Like one guy says he's holding the place in line, and then his parents show up, and they're obviously much older. And the, and the smug suggestion there is is that you know the iPhone appeals to codgers while... The Samsung Galaxy S is for young, hip people. Well, we know that's not true. From years and years of studying Apple's customers and writing about them and being in line with them myself, we know that, you know, Apple appeals to people of all ages, not just codgers. And, of course, they had a silly because all the other people in line are young, so it didn't make any sense. And so the whole idea here is, is that you're insulting people who, you know, you might want to come over to your camp. You're being kind of puerile about the whole thing. You're, you're dreaming up uh, ideas about what's an advantage and what's not an advantage. You're looking at individual features that may or may not create a, a, this sensation of the whole being more than the sum of the parts. And, and you're basically doing what the car dealer, what the car companies do. You're saying, well, we have more luggage. Our, our little economy car, our, our cheap little, you know, stupid uh, go-mobile, it's got more luggage space than a BMW. It's got more headroom than a Cadillac STS. Well, <laughs> there's a reason why the BMW doesn't have more luggage space. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sleeker car. It's also, by the way, basically a compact car itself. But you know what? The new BMWs have more luggage space than the new BMW 3 Series. So if you've got a spare $35,000, or $50,000, go and get one. But obviously, you're going to tout the features that give you an advantage. There must be some sort of marketing name for that. You know, the, 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 the unfair feature comparison. Or there, there must be some industry lingo for that. You know, picking Well, you out. know, one of the things, of course that they'll advertise, for example, okay, this car gets more than 40 miles a gallon. Okay, but what is the comfort level? Is it a comfortable car to drive? Does it handle well? Does it ride well? I mean, in every category of cars, even subcompacts, you can buy a car that's well-equipped, it's comfortable, it handles well, it seats four people in a pinch, has decent trunk room, but you could basically pick one feature that in and of itself may be important, like gas economy. Exactly. But if everything about the car is otherwise unsatisfactory, wouldn't you rather sacrifice a couple of miles a gallon and be comfortable when you're taking that 100-mile trip? Exactly. And, and you know, when you're at a disadvantage, uh, you know, you kind of turn the tables. For example, if you like, like we were talking about just now, if you uh, are comparing yourself against a BMW, you can... You know, if your zero to 60 time is 10.7 seconds, what are you going to do compared to the BMW's five seconds? Well, you're going to say, I get 45 miles per gallon. You know, so you, you turn the tables on the, on, the, on the competition and you try to convince the person in a 30-second ad that that feature is just crucial. Well, I don't think that's true in the smartphone market. I think people kind of size up. You know what they what they need as a whole, and so you need this, the overall user experience. Has silly, to be the overall user compare. Got to do right. the break, John. Got to okay. think of the overall user experience. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer back for one more on the Tech Night Out Live.
GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hey, neighbors, you've seen all those crazy, wacky products on TV. The perfect tortilla, easy covers, hot booties, furniture fix, petty spin, and more. Where do you find all that stuff? You go to AsSeenOnTV.com because this is the one-stop source for all of these TV goods advertised. Find all your favorites as seen on TV. Check them out as seenontv.com. And by the way, save 10%. Here's what you do. Use the code SEEN1, S-E-E-N number one, SEEN1. Go to asseenontv.com to order. Save 10%. Purchase this summer's hottest As Seen on TV items. Save 10%. Or call 1-866-277-3366. one 877 3366 The code SEEN1 to save 10%. Since 1974, Evelyn Gibson has helped thousands of people live healthier, happier, and more productive lives. Gibsonshealth.com demonstrates, educates, and inspires customers to replace their healthy of lifestyles with a health-enhancing one. Now, Gibsonshealth.com is pleased to offer AIM Ready Beats Pure Juice Powder. Beet juice has long been known as a blood purifier and builder of red blood cells. The American Heart Association says one in three adults has high blood pressure and hypertension. Researchers found that a daily glass of beet juice beats high blood pressure and not only that just a teaspoon or two a day of ready beets powder increased stamina by 16 percent certainly drinking beet juice daily is a better solution than most meds with their side effects Order your fresh, convenient form juice powder of this amazing vegetable called Ready Beats from GibsonsHealth.com. To buy at wholesale prices, call 800-388-6844 or go to GibsonsHealth.com. Gibson's Healthful Living. Since 1974, over 30,000 healthier customers. Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8 by 8 inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMP bag when you check out at disasterstuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember disasterstuff.com. Freedom through self reliance and personal responsibility. Every GCN listener deserves low-cost, high-quality survival and preparation products. Get yours now at CampingSurvival.com. For example, save on the Life Straw personal water filter for only $19.95 or the WaterBob emergency 100-gallon fresh water system only $24.95. Get one for every bathtub in your home. And Bridgeford Foods tasty, ready-to-eat MRE sandwiches start at only $2.95 each. CampingSurvival.com is a convenient one-stop shop with over $17,000 
1,000 herb and wilderness and preparedness items, supreme customer service, very low shipping, and no games. We search the web to make sure we have the lowest prices. And remember, CampingSurvival.com is 100% USMC veteran-owned. Do business with the authority on survival since 1956. CampingSurvival.com. Want more savings? Use coupon code GCN at checkout for a 5% discount. CampingSurvival.com. Confidence born of preparation. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. And we've been exploring several articles he wrote, such as, of course, Samsung's anti-iPhone 5 video ad is snarky and juvenile. But you know what? I hinted at the last segment. There is one area, well, it's a work in progress. But right now, if Samsung does the ads right, Samsung or any Android smartphone maker can trump Apple. And the area is maps. Maps are not quite perfect yet. Apple has some teething pains. I mean, we've heard reports, for example, where people try to find a particular location and the Apple Maps feature not only gets it in the wrong city, maybe even the wrong country or the wrong name. I know I tried turn-by-turn directions in iOS 6 on an iPhone 4S. It was mostly correct, except when I got to my house and then it didn't really realize I had arrived. It said I had arrived and then started recalculating. And we understand that if today, Samsung, there's not much time, Samsung releases a commercial showing Google Maps with Street View and more accurate turn-by-turn and said, this is what the iPhone does. This is what we do. That's better. They'll have a point for a while, but not for very long because there's a statement that came out from Apple today. Maybe you haven't heard this. Trudy Miller gave this to All Things D, which is, of course, part of the Wall Street Journal. I'll give it to you right now. You can make a response, John. Customers around the world are upgrading to iOS 6 with over 200 new features. Why do they stick all that stuff in there? Let's go on. Including Apple Maps, our first map service. We are excited to offer this service with innovative new features like flyover, turn-by-turn navigation, and Siri integration. We launched this new map service knowing it is a major initiative and that we are just getting started with it. Maps is a cloud-based solution, and the more people use it, the better it'll get. We appreciate all the customer feedback and are working hard to make the customer experience even better. So, you know, basically the response would be then that they realize there's no way to build a system like that fully formed without wide customer use, and every time I try to get directions, you try to get directions, etc., it will get better. What's your response? Well, my first feeling is is that Apple, when it was a smaller company, if you can even imagine that, needed to work with partners to do everything it needed to do. When the phone first iPhone first came out in 2007, there were a lot of things that Apple wasn't prepared to do with an iPhone first regeneration in 2007. And so it was perfectly natural to work with Google on Maps and other companies on other features. Nowadays, the relationship with Google is not so good. In some areas, they're a competitor in uh, phones that they weren't back then. 
And Apple probably feels that you know it's in their own best interest to control that part of the phone, lest Google be able to take advantage uh, of controlling that part of the phone. So I can see how Apple rationalizes that it's important for them to do that. The comment, the more people use it, the better it will get, is a beautiful marketing term for, it sucks now, but we're going to get a lot of feedback and we'll have to fix it as we go. <laughs> In other words, as people use it and the system learns, it will suck less. But still, don't you agree with me that this is an area where Samsung will have a valid criticism? I, I don't know how Samsung can criticize Apple wanting to have its own maps. Don't you think here, based on the fact that we know that Apple's maps feature is not perfect yet, this is a legitimate criticism that Samsung could make. Say, look, we have Google Maps still. It gives you the turn-by-turn navigation. It gives you street view. It's more accurate than Apple. Now, yes, over time, we assume Apple's maps are getting better. That's what they're promising in somewhat vague terms there. Don't you think that's a valid way for Samsung to get a leg up on Apple today? Well, it depends on we mean by filled full of bugs and, and poor data and problems. If it's one of those things where individuals are making a fuss, and they're writing about it. And the people who are not exactly fans of Apple are looking for excuses to criticize Apple. You know, this stuff gets blown out of proportion on the Internet. Remember the old business about the iPhone 4 antenna and the bumpers and everything? There's a lot of money to be made by talking about Apple, getting people to come to your website, hashing it out, you know, digging into the details. But when you look at it, by and large, what are you really looking at here? Are you looking at a 50% failure rate? I was out today in my town, and I was using the new Apple Maps, and it worked just fine. And there weren't any errors that I saw, and it got me around just fine. But you have to understand there are so many people who have downloaded but iOS it's not 6. Just, it's, it's not numbers. It's percentage. Well, that's the point. That's why I'm getting to that. Okay, so they're talking about the first day, more than 15% of the iOS user base has downloaded iOS 6. Incredibly large number, tens of millions of people, because we have a 400 million user base. So we're talking here of 60 million people upgrading in the first day to iOS 6, if yeah. Apple's figures are correct. That being the case, even if a fraction of 1% of the people had problems there you go. using maps, it's obvious that it can't be fully formed because it needs work. It's going to learn over time. But even if that comparison is specious, Samsung would have legitimate reason to present it. Well, as we talked about earlier in the show, uh, it could be an item on a checklist uh, that, that Samsung could use against Apple. But on the other hand, do you think Apple's going to take it for very long? Do you think they're going to just say, well, you know, this is a pretty sloppy job. We're going to roll with it. I don't think so. I think Apple's going to work very hard at making it very good very quickly. They don't want to have another iCloud debacle. That's right. iCloud is still a mess. I mean, was it this past week? 1.1% of the total number of users of iCloud had email problems for a day or two. I was one of the 1%. I wish I was one of the 1% in other ways, but I was one of the 1 or 1.1% to be without iCloud yeah. email. Well, one of the TMO editors was without his mail for 24 hours. Yeah. So um, I'm not a big fan of the cloud. 
I'm I'm a kind of person who likes to you know control my own network and control my data. For a long time, I was using syncing software that kept my syncs on my own LAN and didn't go outside. And then when Lion came out, that software didn't work anymore, and I really had no choice but as a writer to sort of dig into iCloud and check it out. And you know now it's working really nice for me. Uh, it does have. Some serious advantages. I can be, you know, in my office and make a, a calendar entry, and my wife, who's 20 miles away at her office, it pops up, and she sees that there's a new calendar entry on her iPhone. Uh, it keeps her contacts list and my contacts list completely up to date across all our phones and iPads. You know, it, it really when it's working great, it's really nice. When it works, it's wonderful. When it yes. doesn't, it's downright frustrating. And I also. I'm not surprised that the Maps feature is a little bit ragged. Apple will smooth it out. Maybe they'll have something closer to a street view. Because I was looking, for example, at the satellite view of where I live. It was kind of blurry. Now, maybe the data points will fill in better with time as Apple learns the secret and as they deal with their mistakes. Maybe people who find when they're trying to get directions they're in the wrong county or the wrong country, those things will be fixed too. I'm kind of expecting the next few days as I continue to map my route home from wherever I am. I know how to get home, by the way. Unlike E.T., I know how to phone home and how to drive there. I'm not that old yet. I will be. (laughs) Although there's a story now about a 102 or 103-year-old woman who still changes the oil on her 50-year-old car. Cool. So, you know, there's hope for me yet. (laughs) In any case, iOS 6, I like the fit and finish. I think it works really well. I haven't seen any real noticeable bugs. I'm sure there are a few. And therefore, I recommend, folks, if you have the proper device, the iPad 2 or later, the iPhone 3GS or later, and some of the older hardware doesn't get all the features, download a copy. John Martellero, where do we find more of your stuff? I am Senior Editor for Analysis and Reviews at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. You find me, TechNightHowl.com. That's where I have my commentaries. Also on Twitter, we are TechNightHowl. There's also Gene Steinberg on Facebook. I think he's me. We have another radio show called The Paracast about things that go bump in the night, UFOs and all that cool stuff. And we'll be exploring Mars and lunar mysteries this weekend. Paracast at Paracast.com. Special thank you, John Martellero, for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. You're very welcome. See you next time. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.